Welcome to Disciples Make. On this podcast, we share the testimonies and explore the craftsmanship of Christ's disciples who are makers in various fields and professions from around the world. Make sure to visit our website, disciplesmake.com, or our YouTube channel for our visual library and more. We exist to encourage the believer and to reach those seeking truth. We know our Maker. Therefore, we go and make. And regardless of what borough you're from, in New York, it's the same experience. Like, we created fun. We created community. We loved each other. And that was very important. So outside, for example, fire hydrant, right? That was our pool. You know what I'm saying? They get the, you get the wrench, unlatch that bolt, that nut, and boom, you had an instant pool right there. And then you would cover it up and let the cars go by. And then sometimes you would let it go and then spray the car. You'd be like, no, we're not going to spray you. And then just spray them all of a sudden. And then we'd laugh and have fun. And we played stickball. We came up with games like Skelly where we would put wax in the top and, and flick it from cube to cube, just having fun. So we created that diligence and experience we were always outside you know like so through this pandemic now people are coming out and they're saying we outside you know as a bit of a catchphrase we were always outside so i didn't come inside until it was dark it was a different experience back then now you can't do that as much you know because of the environment you know we're in and you know you're having to keep your eyes on your kids all the time i'm a parent and i have two kids you know two beautiful daughters and i can recall just being outside all day I came in when I heard my mother yelling my name. It's time to come inside, you know, and I would come inside. DJ Radical is a professional turntablist. I must admit, I'm not even sure if that's the correct term, but that's literally what he does. (laughs) He's a DJ. He grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and he would describe his upbringing as exposure to everything, including hip hop, culture, fun, family, love, grit, and hard work, all at an early age. While interviewing Radical, I could tell that he had such joy in thinking of the early memories of the inspiration he got to even become a DJ from his family, specifically uncles and cousins. All were involved in him becoming the powerhouse of a DJ that he is today. But he recalls one interaction that really sealed the deal towards his DJing career aspirations. And then it was my cousin, my cousin. He did it to me too. This is what he would do. And I know he's not gonna like this because I always say it, but I don't care. This is what did it for me. So we were young. We were like nine years old, right? So you know, a lot of kids are still playing with toys and stuff. Here he has a full DJ set, right? So, you know, this was back in the day, it was belt drive turntables where you put, you know, coins on top of the head shells to try to keep the needle from skipping. So he used to scratch up these different records. And this particular record he would scratch up called Good Times. Good times, good times, you know, you catch the brick. So I wanted to get on and do the same thing. He would take and disconnect all the wires so that I couldn't get on the turntables. So I said, listen, I'm gonna learn how to hook up these wires for myself. So he ignited that flame and he was the catalyst that drove me to want to get involved and learn. But then when I saw DJ Jazzy Jeff, when I saw him at a concert, uh, it was actually, uh, we used to have the video music box on um, 
DJ Ralph McDaniels in New York. And um, I saw him and I was watching him on the TV and he was manipulating this record in two records and he was using a left-right motion with a crossfader. And up until that time, I had a mixer with a rotary, a round fader. I'd never seen anyone DJ with a linear fader left to right. So I saw him being able to manipulate the records in a way that I couldn't do with the equipment that I had. So he introduced this brand new concept to me and I was just thrilled. That was it. That was the change. That was the moment I decided, oh my goodness. First of all, I got to ditch this mixer. You know, I, I appreciate it. My, my, my brother gave it to me and it, it's, I still have it, but I needed to get this mixer so I could do what DJ Jazzy Jeff was doing. And that really began my journey. Everything catapulted, you know, saved up for better equipment and, you know, just a, a whole platform of things. You know, we started off DJing, I had vinyl records and a team of people helping me. And then you start to save up and you get better equipment along the lines. And that helps you, you know, as you improve your skill set as well. DJ Radical encountered Jesus in the late 90s during his college years through his interactions with Pastor Michael Turner of Turning Point Church. Before that, though, he was approached by a couple of people around campus who would share the gospel with him and others. But when you're in college, you're typically not really interested in those kinds of interactions. From, from the time when I was a kid, I knew Christ. My mother, she was, you know, passionate about God. So I had an understanding. But, you know, and a respect, a reverence for God. But it wasn't until the late 90s when I met Pastor Mike. And first time I met him, he says to me, I love you, brother. And I'm like, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, man. You know, so I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, we don't trust like that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, nah, you got to prove. You got to show and prove. That is, the, that is the, the brand. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. It's like Brandon's the Brooklyn brand, you understand? So I'm like, man, listen, he's telling me he loves me. So it was something about the way he said it, though. It was like God was just shining through him, and I believed him. I said, I'm going to jump. So I opened my arms, and that was me jumping. Instead of me being closed off like, hey, nah, son, you understand? It's like, I'll, you know, let's try this, you know what I mean? So I hugged him, you know, and eventually I ended up saying, like, you know, I love you too, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, this gotta be God, you understand? This ain't my flesh. My flesh ain't, you know, I'm not, I'm not accepting you like that in my flesh. So I knew that that was the beginning. And as I continued to develop my relationship with Pastor Mike and continued to be obedient, what Pastor Mike did for me is I said to him, you know, hey, Pastor Mike. Well, he asked me questions. He was like, hey, like, what, what do you need, like, as far as, you know, for your DJing? So I told him, you know, I mean, he just asked me a random question. So I'm like, because Pastor Mike at that time was over the youth ministry. So I said, you know, I would love to have a headset that had a, a mic. It has a mic built in so I could be hands free while I'm DJing. Because normally you have a microphone and you have your headset separately. So he purchased that for me. And what he did along with that is he had a DJ booth built for me in the youth ministry. Because his mindset was, we can use your skill set here in the ministry. But he didn't just say that to me. He built something and made way for me. You see? 
And I was like, yo, you know what I mean? I mean, listen, this is actual fact. So now I was put in a position where I could let that freedom to, of expression and love for music just flow because he made way for me like God does for us. So that just opened that platform right there for me to just serve because someone believed in me, they expressed their love for me, and then they were able to show it to me. And that put me in a position by him seeing that I was faithful you know, and willing to serve even before the DJ booth was built, that I had a hunger to want to get involved because he was saying to me, we can use your ministry right where you are. We can use you, your imperfect self, like we all are. We can use you right now. So as I continued to develop a relationship, he started to disciple me. He started to pour into my life. And then when he saw that I was faithful in that, he said, listen, I have a group of men, young men, that I want you to lead. They're called the Tribe of Benjamin. And this was a discipleship structure that was set up. You're discipled so that you can disciple others. And this was over 20 years ago, and I'm still friends with a lot of those guys to this day on Facebook. They contact me, and I contact them. And that was all built from being obedient for developing that relationship through trusting because it's all about relationships. It is all God moves through relationships. And that's what Pastor Mike did for me. And we're still friends to this day. I've DJed events for his children and at his church. And that's what it was all about. And experiencing that made me want to go out and share that gift in as many venues as possible with those who I was able to develop a relationship with. But it started there. It started with somebody saying, I believe in you. I see the God in you. And I see how we can use that and impact your sphere of influence that God has called you to impact through your gifts. Phenomenal. Life-changing. Life-changing. Life-changing is right. Whenever Jesus flips the script, so to speak, on people about himself, which he did often, by the way, to the Pharisees in, in the Bible, um, <laughs> I'm reminded of how he flipped the script about himself on me. Now, I didn't grow up in like a church-going Christian household or anything like that, but I had my thoughts about Christians, you know? And so when I became a follower of Christ and I was loved and cared for and discipled through scripture and also shown how to truly love and serve others by followers of Christ, I began to truly understand the heart of Jesus through that. Now, you know, people have different experiences in their church lives, but I'm really grateful that that was mine. DJ Radical and I have different upbringings, for sure. I had my own thoughts about Christianity, like I mentioned, before following Christ, and discipleship really helped anchor my theology, but also my heart posture towards others. So naturally, I was really curious to know what Radical a man from Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> thought about Jesus before Jesus flipped the script, so to speak, on him about himself and his true followers. <laughs> My previous thoughts about Christianity before becoming a follower of Christ were very raw. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, I alluded to earlier where I had guys, they would approach me on campus when I was going to, to college. And honestly, I thought 
Christianity was corny. You know what I mean? I'm just going to be real. You know what I mean? I, 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 just, I just didn't have a good feeling around these people. You know, I didn't feel the energy was, you know, I thought I was so cool that I couldn't be in that space. You understand? And it was a scenario where God was telling me, I'm still going to be right here. Yeah, I, hey, you may be running now. I'm just going to use a different conduit. And that's when he sent Pastor Mike. And, and that broke me. See, I was, I was like a stallion before. Ah, you know what I'm saying? You can't break me. I was bucking. Bah, bah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? called DJ Buck. You know what I mean? I was bucking. You couldn't get through that exterior. I don't care what you presented me with. That's why I'm able to kick it and connect with the people on the street like I do now. You know what I mean? Because I was them. You know what I mean? They are me. You know what I mean? You know, uh, uh, you know, we we're connected spirit. I understand. I, I, it's like real recognizes real in that space, right? So at that time, that's where I was. That was my space. The people who I hung around were not in Christ like that. You know what I mean? They were partying, doing, you know, wilding out, having fun. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And these guys, you know, they were wholesome and, you know, hey, brother, come on, let's pray, you know. And I just was not in that position. I was just raw. You know, I was on campus, you know. I was doing my thing. That's the last thing I wanted to do was sit in fellowship. It just wasn't fast enough for me. You know, it just wasn't that raw, you know, that boldness. It wasn't presented like how we present the gospel now when we're out on the street. I mean, especially with the city takers. Everything I was doing then, being wild, wilding out, I do that exact same thing on a on 10,000 level now for Christ. You know what I mean? I'm playing, I mean, you may see me, I may run around the stage, jump off the stage, and I'm not doing that because it's a show. I'm doing that because I did the same thing in the world. You see? So now I could do it and be free. I wasn't free back then. You know, if I was doing certain things, they would just be mad. You know, you got this mad energy, right? Man, you get redeemed of the Lord and it's freedom. So now you can just be free. I have to say, when he talked about freedom in Christ, I was like, yes, completely agree. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, where scripture says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. DJ Radical mentioned how he was using all that energy and rage he had before in praise and freedom in Christ instead of in service to his flesh. We see it again in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This next moment was quite eye-opening to that very scripture. How despite the chance of being rejected for sharing about Jesus, some folks on his campus served DJ Radical in this way anyway. And now God allows you to see yourself like a mirror, like bang. So when I see somebody and I'm trying to connect with them and they're like, uh, you could tell when they're not feeling it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Then you find a way to connect or you plant a seed that they may receive later. You plant a seed, somebody else may come in and water that seed. So it's not always for you to have that, that immediate you know, interaction or, or take that interaction and have immediate fruit right then. See, those same people who I was rejecting, 
When I was in college, I'm talking about them now. So they planted a seed. Hallelujah. I never thought about that until right now. You got this good energy coming out of me. Ah, ah. You know what I mean? So this is what happened. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. You got Come on, give me something. God, ah, God is good. Listen to me. He planted a seed in there. Here, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, they're corny, blah, 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 blah. They're like, hey, listen. We're, you know, in their mind, they're thinking, we planted that seed. You stopped. God stopped you for this half second, and you heard from us, and you saw the God in us. Now, whether or not you received it, that's on you. That's my will. You know what I mean? Whether or not I received the energy and messaging that God is delivering through you. So now I'm able to connect with those same people who may not be feeling God at that moment. And God will give me a new direction with them. So, man, hey, how's your day going, man? Tell me about what's really going on. And I can just change right, right there, you know, at the drop of a dime. We could kick it another direction and always get back to Christ. So that's how God truly showed me where I was coming from initially, which was I was not receptive. I understood and had a reverence for God, but different people that he was using to try to come into my life and share, you know, the gospel or, or share, you know, words of affirmation through Christ. I just, I didn't trust. So I couldn't hear them. I didn't trust them. So fast forward, when I was in a position at that point in my life to trust someone, that's when he used Pastor Mike to come in and give me that love. And to this day, that's why I love him so much because he was used as a vessel as a conduit at that time. And I was in a perfect position to receive the energy and the blessings that he was giving to me through Christ. Isn't God amazing in how he works through us? Speaking of how amazing God is, <laughs> I love hearing people talk about their own personal relationships with God and seeing the love for our Father glow from them. DJ Radical talked about the attributes of God his omnipresence, his perfection, his mercifulness, steadfast love, and how as a kid God saved his life from drinking a substance that nearly killed him, as well as sparing him when he was held at gunpoint twice. Radical firmly understands his calling in life, and that really gripped me. Completely different outcome. So I know for a fact that God had, at that time, a call on my life, and to this day a call on my life. He's presented me and put me on platforms where I didn't necessarily deserve to be or in my own flesh thought I wasn't qualified to be in. But God said, I am here. Go ye therefore into the world. Preach the gospel. You know what I mean? And that's what I was called to do. And he called me to do it through music. He called me to intervene and go into these neighborhoods where they're considered the least of these and to be humbled in that aspect and to show love. Called us to go into prison ministry and go into some prisons where I'm not even checked, like not even checking my person, not even checking my bags because of the relationship. Just going, just pulling up in my truck and the inmates come out and help me and come on, hey, what's up, radical? You see, precious gems in life. And I get a chance to share that with my children. When my children were young, I would take them out with me to ministry events where we were working with homeless people. So I let them know these are our people. Do not be afraid of them. 
sit down, let's talk. Here, sit next to me while I talk, while we build. And all of these things, they're able to see, not me just talking about them, but them walking with me and handing out different elements and clothing items and us laughing and fellowship and having music and food and excitement and fun and then sharing the word. And which is just sitting down and having conversations sometimes. And whatever word God gives you to share, whether that be self-reflection, whether it be a certain passage, whatever it may be, and then you just speaking to them so that they see I'm a real person. I'm serving you, you're serving me as well. We're serving each other, we're breaking bread, and I'm here, I'm present. I'm not dropping off and, and going because that's, this is what God has called me to do. In some instances, people may be called to, okay, drop off here, go to and that's perfectly fine. But God has called me, especially with the City Takers ministry as well, where we sit down, we break bread. You know what I mean? So we can understand, and by that, you get a chance to have people show into your life. You know, I had a brother, you know, we're talking about me understanding him and trying to bless him. And he's speaking affirmations as well, you know, and, and showing appreciation for us being out there. So that's how God has moved in my life. You know, he has put me in a position to know that it's about loving God and loving people. It is about, you know, making sure that you don't exalt yourself, you know, because you will be humbled and you humble yourself and then you shall be exalted. God ensures that all of that is taken care of. Your job is to do what he's calling you to do and to be an example in that space. So whatever tool he gives you, which for me has been turntables, a mixer, a mic, that's all fine and good as long as I'm exalting God through it. So I'm praying, I'm behind these turntables and praying, okay God, which way do you want me to go? And he'll give me an example. He'll give me maybe five examples and line them up, ba 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 ba. You know, and in the middle of the song, he may say, stop here, because this is a part I need for the people to hear. So I'll create a routine on the spot. Give God the praise. Give God the praise. Give, 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 give God the praise. Right there. I may not have even planned to do that, but God is moving through me, and I'm giving him the praise, telling him, God, I know this is you. This is not me. So that's why I say I can talk about this, because this is the foundation of who I am. Without God, I'm nothing. I'm absolutely nothing. And I give him the praise, and all of my people who are in my circle, they understand that about me, and they respect the God in me, and I respect them as well. DJing is something that Corbin and I definitely know nothing about. <laughs> Just being honest, we're clueless. Corbin, of course, being my husband and director of photography of Disciples Make. So yeah, we couldn't tell you the first thing about what it takes to become a successful DJ. That's the beauty of God's family, though. You get DJs. And now I'm even more convinced that heaven has a little bit of a party element to it. It's about to be a good time, y'all. But while we're here in this age before Christ's return, I wanted an understanding of the time DJ Radical is having in the age of social media as a veteran DJ. His perspective on this was so good. Because now if you have 
a community, like for me, I have a community of DJs and we love each other, we encourage each other. So when I see my DJ brother or sister posting some great, you know, interactive type of post, maybe they're at, they're at an event or they're doing a gig log or they're showing people what happens prior to the event, their setup, what the event looks like while they're doing it, and then the breakdown and then thanking everybody for tuning in, I'm like, oh man, they took me on a journey. So, I, you know, I mentioned Jazzy Jeff earlier, right? So during the pandemic and even now, he streams, right? So, I mean, during the quarantine, at the height of it, you had DJ D-Nice, who set up the club quarantine scenario. So that impacted people all over the world. You had all these superstars tuned into his IG stream, and people were connecting. That's what music does. It connects you. And that was the power of social media. He helped people get through a very pivotal part of their lives. And that planted a seed in a lot of other DJs who had yet to stream and those who were streaming, it helped them to understand I'm in the right place. I'm gonna to continue to do this. Even if I may have one person, two people tuning in, it's okay. I'm expressing myself. So social media, it gives you that platform to express yourself and really connect with your audience. So I love it. I use it wisely. I don't overuse it. I protect my family, you know, and I, I protect my brand. So I'm only gonna stream or present certain sides that are in line with that. You know what I mean? I wanna make sure that I am giving you a great type of representation of who I am. Sure. And that's what social media allows me to do. Yeah. And I have fun doing it, I love it. I might, I might jump on today, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I might just post something today, you know what I mean? You got me inspired over here talking I about I just love media. his enthusiasm Let's and his love it. for community. If there's one thing that the pandemic taught us, it's that community matters. Relationship building and love. Nobody did it like Jesus. What a high priest we have to look to for the true fulfilling path of life. Here's just one example of what community and family love can do for a person. My dad, he bought me my first professional DJ turntable, Technique 1200s. And he saw once he bought me that one, I was so enthralled and enthused by it. I hustled up my next one and I bought my own. So he purchased one for me because he saw that I was buying and hustling and getting these secondhand turntables, which weren't what I ultimately wanted. But he saw that I had that hustle and that drive because they're very expensive. So he purchased one for me for Christmas and I never forgot it. And seeing him come to my first DJ event, he just showed up. He just, out of the blue, bust through the, the doors. These two double doors went flying open and I saw him standing at the back with the jogging suit that I had purchased for him and the sneakers. That support meant everything for me, everything. That was the breakthrough moment right there. It was like, my family, they believe in me. Because up, you know, up until that time I was DJing, you know, they'd say, hey, play some music for, you know, like family gatherings, backyard cookouts, which was cool. I always knew I was that person. That was my assignment. That was my lane. But to see them come out and support me at a real event where I'm like, these aren't my family members. This is an actual like, high school event. And you are right there at the forefront. He didn't tell me he was coming. He surprised me. So that's what the DJ culture is about as well. That's a very critical component. Listen to this right here. A lot of times you'll send out information to your DJ community that you are gonna be headlining at an event or premiering. A lot of times your DJ buddies, they won't contact you. They won't tell you anything. Sometimes they just show up. 
I've had it happen to me many times. It is just an overwhelming feeling when you have DJs just showing up and being there for you. And that's something that hasn't changed through the technology transition. Old school, new school, there's still the brotherhood and sisterhood that is imperative and that's a foundational element because hip hop DJing came from nothing, came from rubble, you know, out in the Bronx. You know, when you had actual hip hop came from that element. You know, you had different, you know, variations of DJing throughout the years. But having something come from nothing and build into something that's so powerful today is the same component that comes with DJing. You know, we have a tremendous brotherhood and sisterhood and we stand united and we support each other. And it's something that I love. It's, it's a community. Incredible. Wow. I must admit, outside of the inspiring community talk, I nerd out quite a bit hearing DJ Radical talk about all the technicalities that go into DJing. He framed it as new school DJing versus old school DJing. It was fascinating. I didn't know DJs had to go through so much back then before all the new technology. Let's have a listen. New school versus old school. Well, I tell you this, the main thing that you're dealing with here is a lot of times you have like the old school DJs, the new school DJs, and sometimes there's that, that battle, that tension, right? Because I, I'll take myself. I started off carrying crates. Like, see these turntables back here? This is what I started off on, turntables. And then you had vinyl, vinyl records. And in order for you to DJ your party, you needed vinyl records. There was no, or you could have a tape deck or reel-to-reel, eight track, all these old formats. But DJs had records. So you had to save up your money and get records. And sometimes you would have to buy doubles. That's the same record in, in uh, a copy. You have your primary and then you have another copy of it. So this way you can manipulate the records, you know, so you can bring back a sound, you know what I mean? So if I wanted to say, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you, you need two of those, right? So you go back and forth. So that was expensive. You had to save up, you had to sacrifice, and then you had to carry these huge crates of records to your event because you didn't know what kind of music you were gonna have to play, so you would have to bring out like six, seven crates of records sometimes. And then me, I had my boys helping me, which was cool, it was like fellowship. So I had all my guys carrying equipment, had my guys carrying vinyl records, and you had to buy needles for your records, you had to put quarters and nickels and dimes on top of the head shell and tape it down so the needle wouldn't skip. There's so many things you had to do you know what I mean? So then you had to practice and then you had to stay on top of what the new record was. So now after you've practiced and gotten used to this record you just bought, you know, now it's a new record that is coming out the next week. So ongoing, ongoing. So that helped you to develop an appreciation of what it takes to DJ. Like you really had to want to DJ back in the day. So fast forward where we are today you know, when we're dealing with technology. So you see these turntables right here, right? So I could do an entire event with this right here. You know, it's a name brand on the back, you know what I mean? But, you know, you get the picture. So this here, I can, it has two separate jog wheels. And I can control a party with this right here. This can fit in my back pocket. 
So you have technology here, you have a mixer that controls different software. So now instead of me bringing out seven, eight crates, 10 crates of records, I can put everything on a jump drive, on an external hard drive where I can have thousands of songs, and now I can manipulate the music. So it took me a while though. It took me a while to transition because I didn't think that was real, right? I was like, oh man, that's not, that's not old school. That's not how we do it. And then I started thinking like, man, I'm getting a little older here, you know, and this, these crates are getting kind of heavy, you understand? And if you play out in the elements and you're playing vinyl records, you know, what happens is, the, is, is wax, it's vinyl, so it starts to warp. So you have the heat shining down on your records, and I mean, just a lot of different elements, right? So I'm like, listen, I am gonna get accustomed to this new technology now. So I accepted it, and I learned from it. What a life DJ Radical has lived. We actually got to hear DJ Radical play a set for us after the interview. And if you'd like to watch that and hear it, go to our YouTube channel, Disciples Make, and you can see the visuals and the awesome turntabling skills DJ Radical has. I wanted to know a little bit more about him though, like outside of DJing. <laughs> and I must say, it's so obvious how powerfully God works in people's lives when you hear them talk about their day-to-day -day walk with Christ in their real life relationships. My relationship with Christ shapes my day-to-day -day life and my interaction with my family by ensuring that I have grace. And I open up a platform for my kids daily to let me know how their day was, how are you dealing with your particular day? What encounters did you have? Anything that you would like to say, to share? That's the same as me going to Christ and confessing whatever may be on my heart because confession is an opportunity for grace. God is saying confess, come and open your heart and share with me because he wants to be a part of our every decision. So I share that with my family I share that God wants to hear from us. He wants us to avail ourselves unto him so that he can pour into us. And he wants that consistent communication. You know, when you're dealing with the cross, you know what I mean? You know, you have the vertical where you're going directly into God. You're sharing with him so he can give you the opportunity to pour and to share out. So that's what I try to do is I align myself with God so I can pour into my family and show grace, show grace and love. And that comes through communication. And same thing with my wife. I am called to be a shepherd over my household. I'm called to handle situations and be calm and understanding. And God, he works on us all. You understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I remember, I remember, listen, I remember, you know, you have kids and they're growing up and they spill stuff on the floor. You're a new parent. You got something on the floor, a nice carpet. Oh my God, what happened? Now, kids spill stuff. Oh, you know, no problem. You know, give me, give me the towel. Give me the, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just a transition because I prayed to God. I said, God, help me. Help me. You know what I mean? Like, with, with the DJ, with the radical scenario, it can go both ways, right? You know what I mean? So, 
you know, I can be, ah, you know, or I can be, ah, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it, that, that same energy, it lives. And if you don't channel it correctly, it could go wayward. So my goal, I pray to God, God, strengthen me and help me control, you know what I mean? You know, and use that radical energy, just a burst unto you, you know, and then, and then give me the ability to pull it back and just have calm conversations you know, with, with my wife, with my girls, and that's what he has allowed me to do by opening up to him. See, that's the beauty of God, is he wants us to be completely reliant on him. He wants to open that door for us. So that's a constant exchange. I had to sneak this constant. into the last couple of minutes of today's episode because of the way DJ Radical describes his relationship with his daughters and his wife through the lens of having God as the head of their household, as father. This was so gentle and special when I heard it. Every single day, every day after I drop off my youngest, my, my oldest, my youngest and I, we have a conversation first thing I ask her, because I have to walk a longer distance with my younger daughter. My oldest daughter, I drop her off really quickly. My youngest daughter, we have a bit of a walk. So I ask her the same question every day. Who loves you more than mommy and daddy? She says, God. <laughs> God, now she's at it. God and Jesus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? That's my job is to tell her, hey, daddy is here for you. But daddy reports to a higher being. And that is the one. He is the omnipotent one. God is in charge and he directs us. And we are imperfect. We are going to make mistakes. We can talk through it. You know, I, I when, when my kids do something, I thank them. I say please to my children. They are a part of our community. We are called to shepherd, not to dominate in our household. So I am that person God has called me to be. I am daddy, so I'm going to you know, have your authoritative times where you have to set a course. But even through that, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate that because I want them to understand that God is love. God is patient. God is kind. And I want to be able to deliver that message to him and to be firm when I have to be because God is firm as well. And God will put you on the right course. Let me tell you, when God puts you on the course, you don't want, you don't want God to correct you. You understand? Because some of that correction hurts. You know, it is a pruning process. You know what I mean? It's just like refining gold. You know, how do all the impurities, you know, are melted out, you know, so that you can get, you know, to, to the refined element. You know what I mean? And, and that's how God sharpens us, like sharpening an ax, you know? And by doing that, I'm able to hear from my kids, hear their hearts, hear from my bride and my wife of 15 beautiful years who I love with all my heart because she gets it. She loves God first and she sees the God in me and she loves me for who I am. Outside of his home and DJing, DJ Radical also has a nonprofit. Some of the inspiration for starting this nonprofit is from his and his wife's own struggles in education. They identified a problem and resolved to build a solution. 
So what the picture looks like of me spreading out outside of my home is utilizing God's word primarily in our nonprofit, which is the Vision Tutoring Educational Foundation, where I serve as the executive director. So we take that service aspect and we relate that to interacting with our kids in grades pre-K through 12 throughout Metro Atlanta and its surrounding counties. We teach them all core subjects and we help them to understand the champions that they are destined to be. So through vision tutoring, we're constantly seeking donations and looking to expand that footprint of being able to constantly provide our kids with what they need, which is real world interactive tutorial services to help them understand that I can do it. And this all spawned from me personally and my wife. When my wife was 12 years old, she used to tutor her family members and people in her neighborhood. She had a small tutoring business. They gave her like a quarter. You know what I mean? They gave her a quarter for different sessions. So she was starting right then, right? Planting a seed. For me, I was in the eighth grade and I was having challenges with geometry. I just couldn't get it. So I would act like I was sick in class. Oh, oh, oh my stomach. You know, I would be fine, but I would you know, put my head down, or kind of go to the bathroom, anything I could do to get out of that nervous tension of possibly being called on to answer this particular question. So my mom, she saw that, wow, I was really struggling. So she got me a tutor. The tutor was a DJ so that he connected certain principles you know, with DJing and we would take breaks and he would show me different DJ techniques and different things of that sort. So that was an automatic connection there. So I understood even at that age, the power of tutoring and being able to form a relationship with your tutor. So that's what I did. So fast forward, now we provide that same type of tutorial services, again, throughout Metro Atlanta, surrounding counties. We've been able to defend our business around the world, different business plan competitions we had a chance to win, that God would open up different opportunities for us to step out on faith. You know, he showed us at an early part of our career within the nonprofit how he operates. Interviewing DJ Radical was such a beautiful time for Corbin and I. We walked into the room and he had no idea what kind of setup this was going to be. Because after all, it was our first interview for Disciples Make, so he had no prior knowledge of what to expect. Whether it was just some random iPhone interview or the professional setup that we ended up having. <laughs> and when I saw how prepared he was, I asked him, I said, Radical, would you have gone through all this trouble if we just took out our iPhones to interview you? He simply said something along the lines of, yes, I respect people's time and the opportunities to share my gifts that they give to me. I was blown away. He's better than me. And I'm grateful for that. His whole attitude about life during our interview 
and on the days when we were filming some of his episode, it just reminded me of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So in conclusion, Radical had a couple of people to thank, among those being all the family and community that he mentioned throughout this interview. But we would be remiss if we didn't add this show of gratitude from him to the closing of this episode. And, you know, I also want to say thank you to my Goyi DJs and my brothers. And I met them through DJ Lace. Rest in heaven again. Love that brother. We served together in Higher Ground Record Pool, and he was such a firm foundation of faith, of relationship developments. He said it's much more than the music. And what he meant by that is that it's about the fellowship. You know, salute to the One Accord DJ Alliance and my brothers and sisters and that as well. He wanted everyone to know we have been given this grace as DJs to use this music as a conduit. You know, not to just only embody ourselves and immerse ourselves in this music, but to use it as a tool to form relationships. And that relationship development was everything to him. And I served under him as the vice president. So I was able to soak in all of that great energy. And through that, I was able to be introduced to a group of men who were doing, and, and ladies who were doing exactly what I wanted to do, was take urban feel and, 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 and passion and, and music elements and infuse that, mix it up with the gospel and deliver that. And they were going into areas and serving, you know, serving food and homeless areas, and they were using music as that conduit. So Go Ye DJs is based on Mark 16, 15. Go ye therefore into the world and preach the gospel. And that's what we did. You know, we did that through our music. So that's how I was introduced, DJ Lace, and DJ Red, my brother, they introduced me to Scott Free. And that all came from me already serving. So when I met Scott Free, Freestyle Missions, and he's saying, this is what we do, and I'm saying, this is what I've been doing, it was like automatic marriage. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Disciples Make. Remember, our YouTube channel is our visual library where we have videos of each guest that we interview. We actually go on location as a crew and shoot the entire interview beautifully, as well as capture a day or a couple of days in the life of our guests so that we can get as full of a perspective as possible about everything that they talk about, including what they make. So go check that out at Disciples Make on YouTube and hit our subscribe button while you're there. Thanks in advance. We appreciate your support. Until next time. God bless you.